And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, two and three. With Morocco, Sepamando. Tune in live at 10.30. And it's all on road radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GM, GM. Rock radio. Yo, 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 what up, what up, good morning, good morning, GMG, uh, Monday, December 19th, 2022, look at that, another beautiful day to have a beautiful day, it is snowy in Montreal, Canada, literally you can see the ice sticks popping out of the rooftop, it's cold, it's snowy, it is a winter wonderland, it is uh, a white Christmas, after all, you absolutely love to see it. Wow, December 19th. Jeez, what, 12 days left of the year. Last stretch, baby. There is two uh, two full weeks, you know, two Mondays, this one and the next one, and then we're done. Left to close out the year strong uh, and, uh, and go out with the bang ahead of an insane 2023 ahead, if you ask me. I got my co-host in the house, Ovi. Was good, GM. What the fuck? Wait, no. What happened to my co-host? Give him back to me. So is it? Is that this voice transformer thing now? Is the sound going to like change my voice? I don't understand anything he's saying. He has another one. Can you hear what I'm saying? Yo, what the fuck? How do you do this? How about this? Yo. <laughs> Can you sing a Christmas song with this voice? All right, I'm back to normal now. Oh, I was going to be like, did you use the, the Twitter ones? Is that what you use? Yeah, there's, there's a bunch of Twitter voice transformers now. Yeah, it's, uh, they just never... Well, that's right. I guess they work. I Okay. Enough with the voice transformers. Uh, so <laughs> you freaked me out. <laughs> Ovi, what's up? GM. <laughs> How you doing, man? Vibing, bro. <laughs> vibing. We up. We out here. Um, damn. I mean, I think that meeting earlier was the earliest I let anyone have a meeting with me this year so far. <laughs> I had to wake up early and... and and, and have a meeting with Ovi, Mando, and, and, and some other peeps at 8 in the morning. It's like, oh, my God. I, I was not ready for, for a meeting that early. But it gets me all amped up. And, and I'm like, yeah, that, that, super like Almost like a midday already. It's 10.30 a.m. for the show. So you absolutely love it. Uh, what a vibe. Uh, what a weekend. Golden, what's up? GM. GM, fam. GM. It's a great day to be alive. But uh, we're yeah, yeah. man down. What's going on? Mando, man down. Uh, he is five minutes late. He, he's gonna come any minute. Um, so he'll 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 be right there. But what a weekend! Uh, what a weekend! Let's talk about this World Cup. I mean, a quick recap. This is our last World Cup recap for another three and a half years, four years uh, until next one. She's gonna be on this side of the pond. Can't wait. Um, and uh, you know, Croatia beating Morocco, and then what a final! What a final between France and Argentina. I can't. Even, I'm not even upset. 
I'm just like, I was actually smiling watching all the messy videos over the weekend. I mean, wow, Ovi, holy shit, huh? That's yeah, insane. Like, it's that's the most exciting World Cup final I've ever watched, and probably a lot of people can say the same. But it was just crazy. It was like twice I thought it was over. Like I left it like two nil. I stopped watching it two nil. You were I talking like, went shit else. at two nil. That's what you were doing. I was talking a lot of shit two nil, and um, yeah, they came back. And then again, like when when Argentina scored an extra yeah. time, I was like, this is done. <laughs> <laughs> they scored again. It was just wild. And then, yeah, just, I guess, like, Argentina was just way more clinical in, in penalties. Yeah. You could see that first penalty France, the France, that France missed. You could tell that guy was going to miss it. Like, as he stepped up, I he know. just had, like, he that look of doubt on his face. You yeah. just knew it. You just knew it. Yeah. There was no confidence there. Uh, you know, I, I'd rather go down in penalties and see Messi win a cup, almost, than having Messi go all the way and losing the cup and the penalties. Like, I feel like that would have sucked. You know what I mean? Like, even yeah. if, as a French fan, like, I would have been like, fuck, we just like, like, yeah, of course I want to win the cup, but I'm like, almost like, uh, we just like, that's his last World Cup, right? So, I don't know. Uh, I feel like I would have felt guilty. That means you're not a real fan. <laughs> I am a real fan, bro, but. <laughs> it means you're not a real fan. No real fan would ever say that. Something about Messi, bro. Something about him. Um, That is, he's just special, dude. He's the greatest sportsman, of, one of the greatest sportsmen of all time. And uh, and then they are they are uh, they are he he dude. You should have seen me. I wish someone would have filmed me. You should have seen me after that second goal that Mbappe scored. Like I at the eighty third minute, I, <laughs> Ovi, I was so gassed up because you were pissing me off on the timeline. Yeah, thirty one teams lose, only one win. Being a fucking you know English fan as you are, I swear to God, the most obnoxious fan in football is the English people. Um, I, <laughs> and then I don't know and, about that, but uh, and then <laughs> uh oh, there he is, the super fan has arrived. Uh, and then um, but then the, when that two two hit, I do that, I, I went insane. I started screaming and screaming, screaming, running laps around the house. So, uh, it was it was hilarious. It was quite something. But yeah, one of the greatest finals of all time, I think. Ovi, like a lot of people were saying, like that's just one of the, the biggest sporting events, like in all sports. Like it has to be up there. There's billions yeah. of people that watch it. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 a few big games like when Liverpool came back from behind to win the Champions League. They came back from three 0 but to be, to be on that stage, the World Cup final, which I think yeah. is like the biggest sporting it event is. in like possible, just by virtue of how many viewers you get, um, and then to like see a team come back from behind twice when when it seems like it's completely over i think is is insane but for all those like guys mainly americans who hate on football i think yeah. that game just goes to show you how special that sport you know, is compared to just in friends just 30 million viewers okay that watched 81% of the match which is insane there's like 70 million people in the country like <laughs> that's and that's like almost half of a super bowl and that's just one country every, everyone in the whole world watches it like everyone it's crazy, right? I, I think most countries would trade in a lot of money to be the World Cup uh, like champions, right? It's worth more, it's worth more to people than most things in life. Like a third of the UK watched it. I'm just looking at the ratings. A third of the population of the UK watched it. A third of the population so of France watched it. In, in 2018, 3.5 billion people watched the World Cup. Yeah, the so final, that's like half, yeah. literally half of the, of the world is watching yeah. it. 
And yeah. so there isn't really anything that can compare to that. You know what's crazy is you and I were talking about it in the group chat with Mando, but that penalty kick that Mbappe had to had to bank at the 120, 117th minute when they're down 3-2 and Messi out of all people just scored. And he has 100,000 fans, which by the way was heavily Argentina fans out there. And you have like, you know you're just 4 billion people watching you. Like, and he's 23 years old. To me, that, that was my highlight. I thought it was insane. Yeah, I think, look, I, we've been hating on France quite a lot and a bit salty about the game that we lost. But at the end of the day, England had another penalty they scored that Harry Kane missed. And for me, that's a difference between Harry Kane and a world-class player like Mbappe. Mbappe is literally, he scored three penalties that game, all like under extreme high pressure. Yeah. And he also scored a goal like an open play as well. Like that's what being a world-class player is about, um, putting away those chances and not letting the moment get to you. And it's, it's, it's as much about the mental, like the psychological and, and, and mental aspects of the game as it is about the, the physical aspects. And I think it's so just, crazy. I mean, like, yeah, like if, if Harry Kane was a world-class player, we would have put those chances away and we didn't. And that's not the first time he's done yeah. that either. So Set the ball right home with you guys on that British exactly. Airways flight I mentioned exactly. at the beginning of the cup. Uh, but yeah, anyways, that was beautiful. That was a lot of fun. Congratulations to if we have Argentinian followers, if we have big Messi fans and whatnot. Congratulations, y'all. Definitely that that y'all showed up. I mean, I was thinking about that Saudi match that they lost the first and they were getting literally destroyed everywhere. And you had people saying, I put Messi in my pocket. <laughs> I saw that video. I thought it was funny. Uh, and it uh, seems like Messi got out of that pocket and uh, won the cup. Um, do you guys think that Messi's undeniably the greatest football player in history of football? I think he has to be now, right? Like he, I, I think so, personally speaking. I, I, Messi I, versus Ronaldo was a huge thing, and it's no, it's over. That that debate. Yeah, well, Ronaldo carried Portugal to the European Championships, and I yeah, think but that he was had, bullshit. They didn't even win one yeah. match that that in the preliminary. Yeah, but I mean, a win, like winning a whole tournament is is yeah. is still a win. But yeah, Messi winning the World Cup. The only thing I would say is that Messi's played at basically one team his whole life, and then he's moved to the French league, which doesn't really count. And mm. Ronaldo's proven himself at multiple different teams and leagues, but. Um, I think the World Cup trumps that. Always, always taking stabs at France. Mando, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm a big Ronaldo fan too, but I think I think when you win the World Cup, it, it just yeah. changes everything, right? It's a different like, level. I think Pele won three. Maradona yeah, three. Won, Maradona won a couple. Um, for for him to win one now, I think it puts him, puts him number one. Because yeah. that was the only other thing. Like Pele scored a lot of goals. Um like crazy amounts of goals, but not not many, not many of them are in Europe. Um, but the fact that he won three World Cups and he also was instrumental in winning those World Cups was such a big deal. Messi and Ronaldo both had crazy stats for their club. I arg- arguably would say that Ronaldo has had just a good club career as as Messi, um, but at, just because of what Ovi just said, like he's proved himself several different um, leagues, um, won everything. Uh, it's quite easy to be uh, a massive star if you're playing for Barcelona. Like you've just got incredible players all, all around you. Um, but the but winning the World Cup just changes everything. I do think Messi. Yeah. Is, it's impossible for Messi not to be considered better than Ronaldo now. You're also playing on different. Like I, I love Pele and, and the history and legacy of Pele, Maradona, other players. But like, like humans got like even like even scientifically like stronger, and the. That, that, that there's more people in the world, so the competition is higher. Like, you can't even compare like old sports to me to yeah, nowadays. Like early humans, yeah. yeah, they're like superhumans. I mean, Ronaldo is a superhuman. Like, it's insane. And like Messi played 120 whole minutes. 
Like it's it's insane. Like Mbappe saying like these these people are ridiculous. But anyways, anyways, I think that is enough footy talk. That was our last World Cup recap. I'm gonna miss it, boys. Uh, but uh, in four years, four more years. Hopefully, you guys will come down this Three side of the half, world. Right? Three and a half. Three and a half now. Yeah, exactly. Um, the the World Cup will be here, Mexico, Canada, and USA. Um, so it's uh it's uh it's it's actually pretty uh it's it's exciting. Um, and so uh, I can't wait to uh, I can't wait to, uh, for the next one, I guess, and see where we'll be then. <laughs> Hopefully, if will be a 10k next World Cup, okay, let's manifest that. <laughs> 10k, 10k is fun. 10k is fun. There, he said it. 10k is fun. So you know what? We have a packed show today. I pinned that the top the titles make sure you're out there exciting conversation coming today as usual bottom right if you want to participate i'm going to put a few polls out uh, as usual as well bottom right if you want to come in and if you want to come up well you can always request to speak uh, we have sam uh, who's up here as always i mean sam just quickly what did you think about that final was it crazy it was crazy it was crazy <laughs> I, I mean like the, la- the last 30 minutes were wild so I'm, I don't have yeah. any of your, your soccer expertise, so that's all I'll say. <laughs> no, I love it because even people, like, as you go, like a lot of people on this side of the world got, found that ex- exciting, and that's good for the sport, right? Because I think soccer and football in, in America is going to really go a lot. They're going to be strong nations, in my opinion, in the next, like, you know, 10, 15, 20 years. So it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah well, I, 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 I do get into it every four years. I, I think it's like, I'm not like a big, like, <laughs> wait USA until the Euro. Team. The Euro is fun every two years. Like, the Euro Cup is a lot of fun. No, it's every four years as well. Oh, that's four years too. It's true. So it's every two years. Sorry, it's like two years alternate. Like, yeah. Yeah, 2024. Well, what Ovi just said, like, it, this was genuinely, I would say, up there in the top five greatest games of all time. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's, it's great to see a game like that. Um, Has the, to be. That, that Champions League final was is always considered one of the other great ones. And, there's a couple of others, but I would say um, that's that's good that so many people got to see it. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy. It was fun. Um, wish we would have won, but it's okay. We'll uh, we'll win the next one. I mean, Bop is just 23. He's 20 turning 24 tomorrow. Happy birthday, Killian! But uh, that'll be fire, and for he'll he'll be a beast. But anyways, anyways, anyways. Today on the show, macro and NFT daily summary and weekend recap as usual. We already talked about the World Cup, but then Yuga Labs actually was announced this morning. He announced. A new CEO, um, ex-president, chairman of, of Activision Blizzard. We're going to talk about that bullish, bearish. Uh, we're going to have this conversation. I put a tweet out about it earlier today, so I, I managed to get some community sentiment uh, on that front already. Binance, also news fresh off the press this morning, to buy Voyager's assets for a billion dollars. Um, so that is also another news today. Elon stepping down. That Actually, that pull ended this. A lot of stuff I, I had to switch for this morning. Uh, stepping out. So, um, and he removed Chief Tweet from his bio. So, and the new platform policies and whatnot. And then, last conversation topic, if we get to it, do derivatives uh, add value to the main collection and can they actually survive? I think um, that's a conversation I summed up. I know the Mutant Hounds are not a derivative and I have a lot of respect for Leor and his team and what they're doing. I've had the chance to listen to a few of the shows on actually Profits um, and her crew have been talking about it a lot. But, um, but it's, uh, and I have a lot of respect for it. But that seems like one that's like sticking, right? And it's not a derivative, I get it. But like, you know what I mean by that. It's like it was derived from the main collection. It's interesting. So, uh, so anyways, 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 let's get right into it. Daily Market Report. Brought to you by Rub Radio. What's the word? Yeah, hey guys. Pretty benign price action this morning. Equities are like a little bit lower. I think we're down unchanged in the S&P 500, but down 0.5% on NASDAQ. Interest rates... Interest rates have actually moved out a decent amount higher. I think 10 years now back out to 3.58%. 
the recent lows of that were around 3.42, 3.43. So we've had a decent move higher. I wonder if that's just a delayed response to the FOMC. We didn't see much of a, a rate uh, interest rate reprice after that. So maybe that's a de- delayed reaction to that. Crypto seems to, we had some shaky moments over the weekend. There's a bunch of Binance fire. There's some rumors that um, DCG was selling a bunch of assets. And so um, we saw like a big red candle on on uh, in the whole of the crypto space. I think it was on Saturday, but Bitcoin seems to have stabilized around 16.7K, ETH just below 1,200. All the altcoins, I think, dropped about 10 to 15% over the weekend, but we seem to have at least found a little bit of stability here. I don't really know what else to add. Like, There isn't really much more economic data that comes out this year. We don't hear back from the Fed until February. So we kind of just have this like lull period now as we head into Christmas, and I'm not really expecting much in the way of headlines, at least in traditional finance. In crypto, you don't really know. There's a lot of things moving um, moving around that could cause some vol, I think, um, with Binance, with DCG, um, even still with FTX stuff. Uh, and so that stuff, I think we have to keep an eye on, but it just seems like we're kind of ending, heading towards what might feel like a disappointing end to the year. I would say we're definitely a reasonable amount off the lows of the year, both in crypto and in equities. Um, but it's probably not the uh, the end that people were hoping for um, if we were talking about this time last week. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Oh, no. Oh, no. I just put a poll out, uh, bottom right, purple box. Bullish or bearish end of year? And, uh, and Ovi just said that it's not the end of the year that people were expecting. What is going on? I was promised a Santa rally. I was promised a Christmas rally. I was promised, you know, that Santa Claus was going to town. And uh, it was going to make me not regret all this Christmas shopping. It's been a bit of a disappointment. Yeah, but look, I said it was, da- yeah, it was data dependent. And the data was actually everything that we wanted. But the Fed didn't, uh, didn't really conduce. They weren't conducive to it. Like we needed, the, the, we needed pals to say, oh, we're going to like think about cutting rates next year and all this kind of stuff. And he didn't say any of that. So um, he just came in and pissed on the parade once again. Thank you for coming and pissing on the Santa parade. Mando, did you have anything you were going to add to that? Yeah, look, I, I think um, I saw a great uh, I saw a great piece by Jim Bianco, um, who's like a well-known strategist, um, macro strategist. I'm just going to pin it up um, today, which is worth, okay, worth reading. It's about how the what the Fed is saying and what the market is predicting for the next year are very, very different. So... Um, what Ovi just said there was, yeah, the Fed came in. Even, even when we got most of the data that we wanted, the Fed came in and was very, very, we would say hawkish, which means they they are talking about increasing rates for longer, um, higher than maybe people expected as well, um, generally be, thinking that inflation is going to continue for a while. And there was that disconnect up until December, but everyone expected the Fed Remember back in November, we had all those rumors about how the Fed was going to change its policy, and it did kind of change its policy, but the the tone of what it, what it continues to say is still very, very, what we would say, hawkish. And going into next year, there's a big divergence between what the Fed is saying and what the market is predicting. Um, and it's a really good thread. It's, it's, and it's 22 pieces, uh, 22, um, pieces uh, pages long, but um, or at least tweets long. No, not pages. Please, please don't say tweets. pages. Tweet. <laughs> but it's it's worth it's worth re- reading Got through it. it 
I, I think I think we're probably both is going to have to come uh, 50% of the way to each other. So I think the Fed's probably going to have to tone down what it's saying. And at the same time, the market's going to have to probably price in slightly differently. And that could be a little bit of a painful start to next year. Um, because when you see the rates market having to reprice again, you could have a little bit of a, of, of a shaky start. I still think 2023 will be a good year. Um, I agree with that, with what was said. Remember in that, that poll a couple of weeks back that, you know, 20 was a hundred percent of people thought that um, the stock market was going to be higher uh, this time next year. I agree with that, but I, but I also think that the path is not going to be V shaped. It's still going to be uh, very, very shaky next year and will evolve moments where, um, people have to realize that the Fed is, is not going to be anywhere close to being as supportive as it has been over the last decade or, or three decades. So um, that's, that's going to take a little bit of time, I think, for people to kind of re- recalibrate, um, recalibrate returns across a range of different asset classes as well. Yeah, well, uh, I guess we'll see what happens. I remember like uh, a lot of the conversation like during most of this year was that, you know, Q1 of next year wasn't going to look great. Like, like even behind the scenes, like I just like a lot of people were just expecting um, the first quarter not to be that good. Anyways, it's not like it was uh, unexpected. I mean, we're the macro economy is pretty looking pretty bad, right? Uh, Things seems to have really. I don't know. There was people don't have that much money. There was talk about the start. The start of next year would be the pivot. That would be when the Fed actually started to even start to consider dropping rates they said that peak rates would happen in q1 or q2 next year and then they that would then decrease that was kind of the i would guess what most people were thinking back in august now what the fed is saying is that peak rates is peak interest rates will probably happen towards the the middle or back end of next year um which has pushed pushed out uh, assumptions about when things might start to feel a little bit better so i think now the consensus is the back at back half of next year will be will be stronger than the first half and maybe a few months ago people considered that the first half of next year would be stronger wow it's um i guess we'll see what happens uh what happens then on that front i mean east looking like it's at 1179 uh bitcoin 166 uh matic is under 80 cents right now 70 wow look at that 70 i just realized that it is solana 12 dollars there's a lot of talk about matic adoption recently and I actually don't know any more Matic, but um, I, even I Trump. Yeah, exactly. This whole thing as well. like, Matic wallets is going crazy. Yeah, I saw that tweet. He tweeted something about statistics on the Matic wallets this weekend, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Um, I'm gonna try and find it right now. And this is on the back there of Reddit is. as well. Like, you've seen big, big um, increases in in Matic wallets, which. Yeah. And wallets is normally a big thing. Like that yeah. normally is a big indication of of um, of adoption uh, addresses and also transactions is normally a, a big. Uh, I'll just pin it now. Yeah, I found it. So Ryan Wyatt phrased twenty two yeah. hours ago, closing out the year hitting two hundred unique wallets on OX Polygon. Despite the tumultuous year the industry has experienced with three catastrophic incidents caused by criminals, the team has remained focused on achieving mass adoption through the development of real-world use cases. Great tweet, actually. Um, and 200, so 200 million. million. 200 
million Mando. Now, to put that in perspective, ETH is not even close to that. Like, um, I, I need to check hundred million. But like, this is this is very very high in terms of unique unique addresses. It is one of those things, though, where I think transactions or wallets that have done transactions, some way of measure. I mean, I remember with Reddit, when anybody who signed up for just getting a PFP, like, dropped to them, it was like a three-step process, got a wallet. But the on-ramp from someone doing that to convert into actually, like, trading this stuff or doing anything, like, you know, was pretty substantial. So I, I feel like there are a lot of people who are getting these wallets without actually doing anything that would indicate, like, real kind of crypto activity. Yeah, but isn't that what we need? What we want? I would agree. I, can I wouldn't say it's a bad like thing. That. I wouldn't say it's a bad thing. But I like. I but when ninety percent of what is relevant to the industry is people actually like m- making the jump to participating, I think this can be like yeah misleading in terms of how bullish it is when I, the big I jump hasn't been made yet. I see. There's so a I difference that, between yeah. using it and making a wallet. No, sorry. There's a difference between making a wallet and just actually like transacting. Do we know how many yeah. transactions? Can we stats? Was, do you have that stat, Orlando? There was something about oh, number of transactions. I don't think number of transactions has gone anywhere close to the number of uh, active addresses. Um, mm. But but that's kind of that's kind of obvious um, given what we've heard. But I think I saw that even for Trump. Like I think over fifty percent of the wallets which even own the Trump NFT haven't even got any Matic in them, or like haven't even got any ETH in them. So it's like. That's why people are looking at it and going like, "Well, these are just like dormant NFTs. They can't even sell them if they if they wanted to," um, which is kind of funny. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, I guess we'll see where that takes. I mean, look, like it's not a bad stat either. Uh, in um, in in, it's just it's not even like it's. I think it's like it's a good thing. Like you're talking about 200 million people that went out and made a wallet. Now, let's say even 10 percent of that. Are using them or twenty percent? I mean, you're still talking big, big numbers. Like, it's like twenty million people uh, that that will be onboarded uh, and using it. So it's it's actually wild, Mando. Going back to Matic, I was just looking at it uh, when I was looking at all the prices. But seventy that Christmas tree formation there. Uh, <laughs> I saw some funny photos this weekend of the of the charts <laughs> of like Solana this year or like Matic and whatnot in the form of Christmas tree. I was those uh. I thought it was funny, but at the same time, uh, definitely heartbreaking uh, here. But anyways, let's talk about NFTs. Who is the man, macro daddy of the land? Can you dig it? TM, well, it was, it was actually a weekend kind of dominated by those Trump NFTs, if I'm honest. Like, <laughs> We we all came on this show when it broke and we're like, we'll all buy them. We were here like, yo, are we buying 45? <laughs> and then I kind of came off that space and I, I, I took a peer around crypto Twitter and NFT Twitter and everyone was like, oh, this is a terrible idea. This is, this will go terribly. And then I kind of just forgot about them. And then... And then just, went to like 1 ETH. But then, then it, it dumped. 0.8 ETH. It was kind of nuts. Um I think within one day they'd done fifty percent. They were like 0.15, and then they just kept going. Um, and whatever happened I there? I think they're an interesting trade. Like I still think Chill. that they are. Yeah, I know they've dumped because I think probably a bunch of people who bought them realized, hey, I can sell these now. 
and also figured out that they could come dump it on crypto pill people. Same thing. Exactly. As, like they're like, oh wait, you're telling me that this forty five ninety nine dollar thing I put on my credit card, I can get six hundred dollars by some bozo on the blockchain. And they figured it Dido, Dido here, he was on here when he found out about the Trump cards. That MF bought one and then he posted that he 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 actually flipped it for point forty five ETH. So congrats for a quick little weekend flip. I mean, that's a quick little like four or five hundred bucks right there. Um but he was saying, like, it took me a day to figure out how to move it to the chain. Just how long is it going to take regular people to so accept expect a dump? So you kind of, that was kind of forward thinking here because the listings went up like crazy after the weekend. That, that was a good flip. <laughs> yeah, no, I told y'all on stage, like, y'all motherfuckers aren't even huge fans and y'all were wanting to grab it. So that just convinced me. <laughs> yeah, you said that. We're like, we don't even like the guy. And we're like, wait, Meadow calls me after the show on Thursday. He's like, so. How much was it for 45 cards? <laughs> I think oh, Kicks yeah. made like fucking 15, 20 ETH or some it, shit. It on was this the trade. easiest. It was the, it was one of those where it's like people can say what they want, but some of these trades are just right there in your face. Straight up. Like that's one of those, whether you like the guy or not. It's like uh, um you know, it's um it's anyways, it's like it's like exactly just what it is. It was right there in front of everyone. In a way, Mando, I'm glad I didn't take the trade because you know how that ends up. Um, so we all won, actually, because look, Dido made money, so we won. Uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So what else? What else are you seeing, Mando? So you've seen a bit bit of a pump in terraforms. Um yeah. this by math tassels. This is this has been like a, I think a year since the project was released. It's like a generative art project. Um, just, just a slow and steady rise. It has, it has, it has I think people 30%. Have looking, people have been looking outside of the art blocks ecosystem slightly again at some of these other, um, these other generative art projects. So I, I think you've seen some of the, some, uh, trading things like avid lines and, and, um, What's the other, the other Ritz like projects or Reese projects? Um, and then this has been another one like the Terraforms by Math Castles, like just just um, just just done really really well for like the. For so it's the, a story uh, there because I we've we've it's not the first time we cover it because it's always at the top. Like it's not the first time I open DGen like right there, like in the top five, top ten in terms of like volume. Do we know, like, what's the story behind that? Like, I, I mean, stats, I, I know you tweeted about it, but you were tweeting strictly like Mendo's talking about, like, on the volume perspective. But is there something behind that? Because this is I'm, a 10,000 edition. I'm thinking AKA Stevie because she is all over uh, all over this project. And she, she says there was their one-year anniversary yesterday. I don't know oh. what came with that. I'm sure there was something there. But I think that... I think this like has a little bit of kind of like that historic relevance. I, 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 I don't know if, if I, if I talk more, I'll betray my ignorance, but uh, uh, it's certainly one of the more interesting projects, like from a, from a math and algorithmic perspective and on chain perspective. But I, I don't know why that would make it go from one to three ETH over, over a few weeks. It's something to do with the idea that this might relate to like a, a metaverse. I think like that, like they might be like coordinates into some sort of land that you can use. Like I, I know, even when I've looked into this a few times, even holders are a little bit confused about what the final purpose of Terraforms could be. Like 
um, I think there's there could be a little bit more to it than than meets the eye. Um, there's this mystery around around, around the um, the actual like algorithm or, or what it actually shows. So uh, it's a great piece of art, but then I think there's some idea that it could be could be more with time. Yeah, there are talks in their Discord about upgrading math about some sort of upgrade coming, but it's deeply cryptic. Um, but certainly, like it does feel like there's some sort of catalyst lingering here. Yeah. There's uh there's definitely something uh going on here. And aside from that, on the NFT side, it looks like clones still clones, potatoes, potatoes small retrace, but still two five. Wolf game still climbing up. What do you think Me, of the new new gents website? Dude, it's clean. I'm looking at it right now, bro. I like it. I'm just still going through it right now. It's the it's the only like I hate these like Bloomberg terminal type things, but this one makes it simple. So Thank you, because fuck, like everyone makes these stats, websites, and pages, all of them, all of them. And I've been in the space long enough to have looked around and understand what's going on. I understand none of it. It's too much. I, I don't want a Bloomberg terminal. You know, I'm not, you know, I'm not macro daddy over here. Mando is. Uh, so this makes it simple for me. What do you guys think of these mutant hounds, like these collars? Yeah. I've seen them on, my, I'm, I, I, on all the lists, and I know. Lior's all about that, but what's the story there? It's a good cover. Actually, I wanted to have it real quick because it's kind of like alludes to the to the theory of like the, the conversation around like derivatives and whatnot. Obviously, this is not. Can we consider this a derivative? That would be my first question. Yes. Yes, right. Like this is a derivative that was um, allow listed for board ape holders and mutant holders and BAKC holders. But that's, that's see that's added value from a network part. I like that because it's a network participant that spent a lot of money in the ecosystem. Right, he bought the mega mutant. He's bought multiple apes. He's been a big figure in the in the board APR club. And so obviously he's put a lot of money into the ecosystem. And now he did the Mutant Hounds collar, which actually went up. So he added value to the ecosystem as well. Um, on top of that, I like Lior. I think he's cool. I haven't interacted with him one-on-one, but like from what I've seen on social, I think what they've done is really cool. And it seems like there's a... I've listened to other shows talking about it. It seems like they've got quite the team behind it. I, I don't hold any. I, I missed my, my window with my board ape to admit one. Uh, but... It's um I think it's I think it's cool. I just wonder how uh what they'll do. So far, like every single derivative that came out of any other project, you know, ended up doing started out doing really well. And we know what happened after, but I wonder, I genuinely wonder what happens when a derivative is being built by a team that actually cares and wants to genuinely add value to the main collection, thus tapping onto it. I mean, Mando, Seth, what do you guys think? Um, there's something there. It's like someone creating... I mean, I know Rec ICC is like different. Fiction, right? it's, it feels different than just a derivative, right? Yeah, it, it feels, feels like, like it's not like some pump and dump derivative. It feels like it's something that's actually like thought out. Yeah, so I think I think it's just slightly different than most of the other things we've seen. It's, it's more like Jenkins, right? Um, where yeah, that makes it, sense. That's, good. that's a good, yeah, that's a good uh, example. Yeah, or even Chimp as its genesis was a bit was kind of related to the board apes, but um, but yeah, I, I think I think you've got more chance of success to this, right? Than just like right, we're going to lost food apes or something like that. Like obviously, I don't think there's much value in that, but the I do think there's quite a lot of value in in creating your own narrative. Um, I, I don't know if you will see the most popular projects do that. Like, I, but I do think there's value in it. Like Jenkins is is a prime example of of something that's that's done something like that and tried to build like its own narrative off the back of the board apes. And 
I think I think the ore is obviously I believe it's like he's got a Hollywood background, right? Or, or at least like a a background in making films. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think this is this is this could be an interesting move. Um, we didn't we didn't we didn't mint them, but that's for anyone to mint, really. Then you guys missed generational wealth. Look at that. You had access to seventy two of them plus your mutants, so like a hundred. <laughs> yeah, we could have minted ninety two. We did look at it, um, and we just thought, you know, it's it's a lot of work because I think you guys have the security stuff like really like tight. So. Well, yeah, we just looked, we just looked at it, and all our money right now is is really put into Delta Delta Neutral staking of Ape. Um, <laughs> which... How's that going, by the way, for you guys? Let's let's get the weekly Ape staking update. Like, what's going on there? So I I, I Delta Neutral stake. I think OSF stuff is is not not, but it's kind of like we're, we're staking across. Are two staking things. I think was how many? It's like forty apes that were staking, and then twenty mutants. So, but I think we must we must have made something close to fifty to sixty ETH in in like staking rewards so far. Wow, that's pretty solid. Um, I think it's one where like if you if you had zero position and you had to go out there and buy an ape and buy some ape coin and then stake it. It's like a tall order, but if you already yeah. own apes, like we we own apes that we're not selling, right? So, I think yeah. it kind of makes us makes sense for us to do it. So it just depend, depends on your situation, really. Like if I had a coin and um, you get NFTs, I don't think I would have done it. See, I I didn't do it because I didn't want to go buy sixty five five thousand dollars worth of ape coin and stake my mutants and my ape because to get that back, I think the risk is. Is uh is quite higher. Like I would need to make sixty five k back. Pardon? The price of ape is down. It went from four. See, no, at this stage, maybe it makes more sense with the price being five. Yeah. Well, I'm still looking. I'm still looking at three point five. Yeah. I'm still yeah. It can go down. I mean, I'm still looking right now. Three point five. I'd need fourteen thousand ape for two mutants and one ape to max the dollars. So it was sixty three thousand dollars last week. Now it's forty nine. So obviously a fourteen thousand dollars shave, but it's still fifty grand. To put uh, into staking, um, where from my perspective of I'm a holder, obviously I'm long Yuga and everything they're doing, and we'll talk about this CEO in a second. But um, I rather it's almost like I rather buy the ape coin. Does that make sense? Like forty nine, yeah, like forty nine k is like how many mutants forty nine k at this stage? Like, sorry, you'd rather buy the ape coin or the apes? I, I'd rather buy the ape coin and hold it, or I really like. Let me look at how much mutant is. I'd rather buy. That's almost three mutants. So we already own them. We're just yeah. For so you, I it's like, perfect. So, so if you if you're taking the risk on the, of the price of of the actual coin, the coin is down twenty five percent, right? Roughly, or twenty percent in the last in the last week and a half. I mean, albeit. ETH went from thirteen thirty to eighteen. Well, what one thousand one hundred eighty? So that's been quite a big move as well. That's moved about ten fifteen percent. But it's definitely underperformed, like a beta move. But you can, you could, you can um, delta neutral stake it. So I like I, I like roll roll every eight hours on. Um, yeah, you're killing it. And then you're just clipping just just mm. the just the rewards. Um, and you don't pay funding if you if you if you that roll makes sense. Your every eight hours. So I you I, really I, have to I, be on top. of I that. roll it before I go to bed, and I, yeah. I, I roll it when I wake up. <laughs> so you're doing things that are pretty intricate. Like the average listener 
I don't think would like like the average person will just go stay log back in later. Yeah, um, like you're willing yeah. to put in the effort. I think exactly. Stuff. Like everything else in life, put in the effort, get the rewards. Uh, so definitely, yeah. I just checked. I could buy three mutants, mutants like three new ones, or I could stake three apes and mutants for the same price. I would have to go and buy ape coin, but that's on the premise that I do not own any ape coin at the moment. Um, so it's this. Look, it, it depends on your current situation. I don't think there's a right or wrong way. I think there's, you know, it's. Uh, I obviously I, I think it's a proper team to bet on, but it's uh, you're not also betting on the team team per se directly by doing that. So it, anyways, it's different with like buying apes and mutants, you're directly betting on like Gordon and, and that team at Yuga. Um, doing anything ApeCoin related, there is a foundation, there is a lot of different things and adoption. So it, it's interesting though. Um, we'll see how that evolves. But going back to the to the hounds, uh, which is what we were talking about uh, just now uh, from a derivative, derivative perspective, I'm curious to see what adds to it. Imagine like at some point like I'm, I, they made me think of something like, let's say you're someone who's you've spent a lot of money in the ape ecosystem. You love the ape ecosystem, or any replace ape by your favorite project. By the way, when I say that, and you love it so much, and you just want to build from within there, you've built a community because it's, it's a lot of work making your own token, your own NFT, your own community. It's a fuck, not a lot of people are crazy enough like us to like go and launch projects. Like it's actually like really exhausting. And tiring for the most part. And a lot of, that's why a lot of the 2021 folks like are not there around anymore because they realize that they weren't, you know, because they weren't made for it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't start something from within and tap onto someone's existing collection and community and then actually add value and build something and even build a large following and whatnot. Like you can really tap that. I think it's an interesting approach and you clip onto it. And the nature of a decentralized network, and that doesn't mean that you is decentralized, but I'm just saying the nature of a decentralized network and building Ethereum blockchain, I was tweeting that out at, at, at um, Gabriel Layden earlier, is that as much value as I add to the blockchain, the blockchain can add value back to me and what I'm trying to build. So I think it's interesting. So I think it's cool. But could we see maybe even buyouts at some point? Like, let's say your project gets so fucking big and within an ecosystem that they decide to just outright buy you out. I mean, you got did acquire 10KTF and, and we knew uh, that was also playing with the Apes IP, but that was individual IPs. Jenkins raised money, like, and they're killing it. Like, Mutant House, like, I'm not saying Mutant House will or anything at all. I'm just saying, like, that's also an avenue in the space, in my opinion. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, stats or... Yeah, look. Or think, Mando, like, I, there's something there. From an equity perspective, yeah, the idea that Yuga could buy you is always there. But it, but it's only really Yuga that could buy you, right? That's it. So, that's it. Yeah, that's so someone it. Someone might do a raise yeah. with the idea that you, uh, Yuga might buy this. Because if you, buy, if you create a, a cool enough story... Um, and it becomes, you know, becomes, yeah, they might, they might look to buy you. So I think that you've got maybe a good chance of raising um, with this, the idea that you could, could come in. Yeah, that's, uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how this, that specifically evolves. But that, that's kind of uh, the thoughts here. I don't have any, but I definitely wish them good. And, uh, and everyone who got him seems like Slot is a homie. So it's, uh, it's cool to see uh, projects in this market in general thrive. Um, so that's that was a good question. Stats. Um, you'll have to say it, it does. It's not showing on DGens, I think. I think because weren't they removed from OpenSea and added back or something? Wasn't something this weekend? It, there was something happened. Uh, I think, are they showing on your platform, guys? I don't see them. Uh oh. No, the mutant hounds. Oh no, we only add new projects once a week. 
Oh, okay, okay, yeah. So no. we don't. We just want to see which ones are actually valued. But I guess it's already gone through our volume threshold, so I can add. Yeah, sixteen hundred ETH. Uh, 0.61 ETH floor. Uh, three percent listed. Thirty-five hundred individual owners, uh, holders. But those are open sea stats. But I'm just looking uh, through it as well. So it seems like it's it's selling. About adding projects as soon as they come up is that often I don't know if you agree yeah. with it, but when you look at open sea or like some of these dangerous you know, after projects. Well, there's some like, fake ones. Like stats is always the one calling them out. <laughs> but <laughs> with I, open I sea. people like to look at projects which are like they they're actually follow like they follow for a while or they own whereas. Often when you think- you're missing the first couple of days of volume, though, like that's you know, man, though, like in terms of website traffic, now that's different. Like when a thing is hot, people want to trade it right away and then get rid of it. You know, I don't know. Did you guys like, you- like all of those World Cup derivatives, like the Biden derivative from the Trump cards, the fucking DeSantis derivatives? We could put on the Argentinas <laughs> right now, right? Or yeah, the hell. Argentinians. I saw that. The it's Argentinas like, project. Sometimes I think it's good to have that consistency. But yeah, I agree with you. Like once it once it goes past a certain level, like, you got to have it. So I'll put, I'll put the mute hands on now. Oh, my God. Um, it's... Uh, it's dude. It's uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it's like a past a certain like ETH volume threshold or like some like um, listed use. I don't know. Maybe you did biweekly. I don't know. Anyways, those are just uh, those are just ideas. So let's talk about. I mean, it kind of leads up to other sides and other deeds. Small bump. I'm not sure if it was after or before the news or whatnot. But it seems like Yuga Labs uh, announced that they do have a new CEO, and that CEO uh, so happens to have been the president chairman of um activision blizzard and so uh and so this uh this is the news his name is daniel allegre um well he gained like he was at like 900 followers when i did that screenshot this morning i think it's three thousand now it's funny uh and he even had his mutants uh in the bio but he didn't remove priest president and chief operating officer activision but he had mutants. that's funny anyways point being uh point being is that he um so he tweets out December 16th, some personal news. I have made the decision to leave my role as president and chief operating uh, officer uh, of Activision Blizzard at the end of Q1 next year. Okay, to pursue a new, a new opportunity. So that was three days ago. And then today, uh, the news came out about him. Um, you know, uh, he says, Yuga Labs, home of Board Ape Club, other side meta, CryptoPunks, and more, is a creative powerhouse. Uh, driving innovation and storytelling in Web3. I am extremely excited to lead the team to the next phase of growth. So he will become uh, the CEO of Yugo Labs. Any first thoughts, Mando Osaf? It's pretty uh, It's interesting. Whenever you have a CEO change, especially in a situation where the CEO has only been there for a very short amount of time, it does raise concerns whether like everything was all good in the first place, but in this situation, when you've gone from um, Nicole Muniz, who I think has, has done a, a good job, um, but then you moved to someone who was like the COO and president of Activision, obviously had much more experience in, in gaming, like multiple years of it, potentially decades of it, I think. Um, the move for, for something like that is more obvious, and I think it's constructive and, and should be bullish. So like, look, if they're trying to make other side this huge, great big blockchain game, then hiring the right people is going to give them the best chance of doing that. And in that regard, I think it's a strong hire. It, it's still like, in my head, I'm still like, well, what does that mean in terms of like what's been happening from the beginning until now? And like, how does that change the direction of the any work that's already been done redundant? I'm not really sure, but 
I think overall it's, it's net bullish, but it's not the sort of thing where you see like an instant reaction in the price. Maybe the other side traded it up and maybe we'll go back down again. I don't really know, but um, it's good to have someone at the helm who, who obviously has like, you know, like a lot of these things, people are like, oh, all these guys are building blockchain games and it takes like 10 years to build AAA games and how can you compete with any of these other big guys? Well, if you hire one of the big guys, then it gives you the best chance of doing that. So I think it's uh, uh, definitely medium to long-term um, pretty constructive. Yeah, and by the way, he was COO, uh, Vaccine Vision Blizzard president, though. So that's, uh, that's quite the position. Manda, what do you think? Yeah, well, as I've just said, I think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's it's long term bullish rather than you're not know, gonna see a pump on the back of that. It's definitely serious. Like a lot of people were saying I've fudded them for their that for that you know, they'll never be able to do all this sort of stuff. Th- these are some big things that, that Yuga Labs are, are doing. Firstly, um the, uh, the some of the test plays of other side have gone incredibly well alongside improbable and now to hire like a clearly like a, a, an industry well-known player like this i think is is shows a lot about what they're going to try and do with the board apes going forward and this is clearly going to try and build this concept of a an online community but with that gaming side to it as well which i think people were going to try and enjoy i mean obviously their the other side is a massive 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 focus for 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 them i mean we've seen um we've seen gordon tweet about it a lot and how that would be their only focus and not only by you mean like learning everything about the metaverse, and he wants to master that. Uh, he says, actually, uh, I'm reading the the U Labs news article um, called "Welcome to the Club, Daniel," um, and he says we have a clear vision of how uh, Yuga can continue. Actually, no, the, he says when it comes to the metaverse, we're competing with giants. In order to catapult other side and our other ambitious projects to new heights, we've known for a long time we wanted to bring. In someone with a proven track record of building at the highest possible level. Knowing this, Nicole, Wiley, and I have been on the hunt for the right candidate. Our search led us to Daniel Allegri, who will become Yuga Labs' new CEO in the first half of 2023. Daniel is a seasoned visionary executive who shares our passion for innovation and creativity. Daniel has vast experience scaling media and gaming companies, president and chief operating officer uh, at Activision Blizzard. He has helped build an impressive portfolio of global gaming franchises like World of Warcraft, Call of Duty, Diablo, Overwatch, and Candy Crush. Uh, he also spent 16 years over at Google, where he was the company's president of global and strategic partnerships, president of shop and payments, as well as president of Asia, Pacific, and Latin America throughout his career there. So... Not just Activision Blizzard. There's 16 years of Google prior. Uh, I did not know about that until I um, I just saw that. It says that Nicole is actually going to stay on as a partner and a valued uh, strategic advisors. Um, and so she was really like co-CEO and the one that was you know with them since day one, actually. Uh, not a lot of people knew that at the beginning, but she was actually there like from the get-go. Uh, she's, I think she's an old friend of Gordon. Uh, but uh, it's uh, good for them. Um, it, it's going to leave me well for, 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 for the other side, but... I don't know much more than than some of y'all here in the space about gaming and whatnot and what has been achieved with Activision Blizzard. Um, I saw, obviously, uh, mixed opinions on Twitter, but that's kind of always the way. I was just curious, so I put a tweet out. Uh, I, I'm going to put it at the top if people want to share, of course. Bottom right, also, you can always at all times share how you feel and tag us, and I'll, I'll try to read some some stuff out loud um, here, but it's pretty interesting. Sam, did you, was there some movement on the Yuga side after that? Did, did you see any, like, do you track these things, like, post-news? Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to track volumes because yeah, right? there's so much. Uh, yeah, which is impossible. Since Friday, eight are down, board apes are down a little. Mutants are up a little bit. Like I basically since since the beginning of the weekend. So, you know, I don't. 
but let's see. I mean, this announcement was pretty recent. So, yeah. um, Hmm. Yeah, I don't think the I, I don't think the floor has made like big moves. Certainly not in the AP ecosystem. Uh, I mean, already pretty high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to move a 60, 70. Yeah. Oh my god, they've really found their their ground, eh? During this market, the apes. It's been uh, it's been good to watch. It's just like kind of like hovering there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not, yeah. Parks are punks are new stable coins, um, and now you have the apes. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Uh, so, all right. So that's uh, that's what I did on the on the on the eight news side uh, side. Uh, so Binance, Binance to buy. Well, you have the voting as well, by the way, for the what is it? Did uh, I forget the voting for the council is going on right now. I think it's. Oh maybe- yeah, I'm sorry because I don't associate that directly to Yugo Labs. My bad. There is the voting. So the council, where are we at there? There's so much to follow on social. My God, uh, please, people, like if you're gonna vote someone in with your ApeCoin, vote someone who's um, really gonna be uh, out there working it because they get paid a lot too. And so the least you can do is get someone who's gonna actually like go full time. I'm not saying any of the people winning or not. I'm just saying like that's before watching. So who get paid? Like what? Like the, it's like the 25k standard. a month, bro. For for the people who are running for this role. Well, because the, that's different. It's not the Board Ape Council. That's the ApeCoin DAO Foundation's council. Oh, Maybe, it, it, yeah, exactly. So it's like an ApeCoin DAO, which is like, you know, building our DAO. And so I don't know if the salary is going to be, t- I guess it, it is, right? I mean, Mando said there was a salary of like, that's a sal- so people, remember at some point people were thinking that's the salary for the Board Ape Yacht Club Council and everyone was like losing their shit. Like, no, it's for the ApeCoin DAO Council because it was like Amy Wu, like, you know, Mario Bajwa, you know. Alexis, a bunch of other people. So it's quite a salary uh, that was uh, coming. Yeah, it's like it's like twenty five grand a month. I think it's twenty five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's twenty five. Um, and so now it's time to choose for the five hundred. We'll move to special council election vote that will take place on December twenty two twenty. So the 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 vote is twenty two twenty second. Now they're cutting it to five people. So far, the five people are the Gentryland with one point one million apes, seventy percent. Vera the ape with nine hundred sixty eight k, and she says fourteen percent. Lior actually. Um, of the mutant hounds, eight hundred sixty-seven k ape at thirteen percent. Jerry at uh, seventy-seven, so twelve percent. Herb at eleven eight. It's tight, bro. Board ape G was on our stage last week at close to ten percent. Then you're falling to like five percent, three percent. That like top one, two, three, four, five, like six, one, two, three. Top six is pretty tight. Did you guys vote yet? We haven't voted yet. I think we have like you have to exercise your your right to vote. 450k ape. You, you know, that 450k ape right now would literally move a vote. 450k ape right now puts anyone in that top six almost in number one. Um, just saying. So, um, and by the way, anyone, if you want to get to Mando and OSF easier, uh, you know, I do charge a little 10%. Uh, you definitely come to me and uh, I can maybe try and see if I can. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. In case of an investigation by any federal entity or similar, I do not have any involvement with this group or with the people in it. I do not know how I'm here. Probably added by a third party. Third party. I do not support any members by any actions of this group. Not at all. I have no idea how I ended up on the stage, actually. Uh, it's super weird. I just like woke up and I was there. Um, but <laughs> I did not have to press the start space the button at all. Yeah, the host. He said, sitting comfortably in the host seat. <laughs> but seriously, guys, I think you have a limit to vote. Like, I mean that. Um, what's the limit? Yeah, I don't know. 
I need to look into it. Someone send me the limit real quick. And by the way, you don't have to put all your ape coin to work towards one person. Like you can like spray it. At this stage, you may as well vote for one of those top ten. I mean, fuck, your ape coin can really put anyone, dude. Like the gentleman is one point one mil. He has exactly. Let me tell you, he has ninety three k ape, fifty six k delegated. 962k step. Yeah, so he has 1.1 million. Vera has 968k. Lior 867. Jerry 797. Herb 773. And then Port AG 602. So you guys can literally move this this voting here. It's it's gonna be interesting, but make sure you do it in time. Um, and then I guess there's five people. Oh, election the space. I think one of the morning shows between 22nd and 28th. Uh, closer to like 26, 7, 8 or something, I think we should have all five of them. That would be fun. Um, and that would be fun to have all five of them come up and uh, and spar uh, on the Jam Web 3 show. <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Maybe that's when you guys can pick who you, or you put your, where you put your apes. You guys can question them. <laughs> oh man, you guys would grill people. You guys are, you guys are ruthless with that stuff. What do you guys think of this idea? <laughs> okay. Okay, I get it. I get it. All right, thank you. Thanks, guys. So entertaining. My co-hosts are so good. Dido, no, please do I, something. Yeah. Do something. Don't a, raise your hand. <laughs> I think it's a, it's a good idea. I would I would suggest maybe not bringing up the top three people or the top five people necessarily no, and, and giving the people that are kind of like on the edge that have a chance. No, so there's you know, only to... five people that will make it next to the next round, Dido. Oh, yeah, that's okay. what I meant. No, it's too late to bring people into the whole thing. We have the show kind of scheduled out. But like I'm thinking the last five. It says, now it is time to choose to vote for the five candidates who will move to the special council election Vote that will take place from December 22nd to 28th, Ido. Yeah. Imagine a top five. Mando and OV still. Oh, that's why he was silent. He's rugged. If you listen to replay, it's still happening. Thank you, Twitter, for keeping the brand alive. I mean, I will never have to change the name of this brand ever because you're all just making it uh, just stronger and stronger by the day as people keep getting rugged on Twitter spaces. Um, Ovi, what do you think of my idea? Is it a good idea? Do yeah. Start spreading I, it? I'm surprised they haven't done anything like that already. I'm surprised too. Yeah, so it, I think it would be a great thing for rug to do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think it would be fun, uh, but we'll see when the, when we'll get closer to it and then we'll, uh, We'll um we'll send out invites for the top five, and then whoever wants to come, they can come. Uh, it could be it could be pretty funny. Maybe a half hour debate, part of our hour and a half long, uh, show. Let's see if I get Mando back. Mando is now gone, but yeah, if you make it top five, uh, good luck, and then uh, hit us up. Let's do something. Uh, so <laughs> so it'll be fun. Uh, on different news uh, side. Oh god, hold on. It seems like I've completely lost uh, Mando here, and he still haven't even received his cable that I shipped him a week ago. Uh, but anyways, uh, on the other new side, uh, when it comes uh, to our beloved space here, Binance to buy Voyager's assets for $1 billion here. This news came in uh, this morning, and I'm going to try and find you guys the article I was reading out earlier. Uh, there you go. So CNBC, Binance US. So it's Binance.US, right? Um, to acquire uh, bankrupt 
Uh, hold on. Bankrupt crypto exchange uh, Voyager's assets for one billion weeks after planned FTX deal failed. Uh, key points: Voyager Digital announced Binance US. Uh, had won a second bidding process after FTX's bankruptcy filing, paving the way from a potential resolution for the platform's 1.7 million users. The company had billions of dollars of crypto at the end of 2021, but a broader market downturn and a series of bad bets, including the Three Arrows Capital and Alameda Research, uh, chipped away at the firm's available capital. Um, and so at first, Ovi and I in the chat were like, well, I guess that shows that Binance is not in so much trouble after all. And then only for Mando to remind us that FTX was in talks to buy Voyager at first and they were saying they could buy him. So I hope it's not a Voyager's curse uh, going on here because that's definitely what we would call it if that goes down. Mando, you're back with us, right? Any thoughts on this? Sorry. If you're back. I missed. There you go. What was that about? No, I was just nothing. I was just I was just reading out the Binance news um and the billion dollar um second bidding process uh that went that they won. Yeah, I and, mean uh, if you're and I was mentioning what you told us in the chat earlier. If you're a real cynic, you'd say that this is pretty funny, right? Like um C Z was probably scared about SPF who was gonna buy Voyager Block five, a couple of these others he was going to provide rescue financing for, and uh, CZ is then put out. Well, maybe not, definitely not helped, um, but encouraged the the downfall of of SBF, and then has come in and swooped those assets from that. That you know, FTX was going to buy, it like, or at least provide some of the yeah. rescue financing for. So, like, it all it's a little bit convenient right now. Um, I think finance looks like they are the savior, helping out all these, um, helping out all these CFI lenders. But at the same time, this does look like, yeah, he's definitely played his cards right here. Um, gone from potentially bailing out FTX to now um, basically just picking up the, the the companies that they were going to buy. And I don't know. I haven't looked under the hood of these businesses like Voyager or BlockFi, but they. They feel like they probably make a lot of money in the good times and um, had some really bad risk management in the bad times. So maybe this is a good purchase for Binance. There's, there's clearly they're clearly interested in these these sort of assets. The idea of like CFI lending. I think Binance does have an earn program, right? You can when you go into Binance, you can you can stake a lot of different coins, and they have like an earn program. But maybe this acquires a bunch of new customers, and that's a good thing for them. Yeah, I mean, I I. I don't know what it means for for Binance per se, uh, but um, but definitely we'll see how that uh, plays the out. Real, What's the, the process worrying, usually? The real, real worrying thing I think right now is this, what's going on with digital currency group. Like, it's like yeah, they are having to sell all their all their altcoins. Got absolutely destroyed on Friday. So terrible. This is again the company that that is behind a number of different. Uh, companies that you'd heard of in in crypto, including Genesis, but also um, they're behind Grayscale, which is the main ETF, well, quasi-ETF provider um, and for Bitcoin and Ethereum. And it looks like many of the altcoins which are associated with Digital Currency Group, they're they're a big VC lender as well, but things like Filecoin, uh, amongst others, like Near Protocol, a couple uh, and they all got absolutely destroyed on that sell-off on Friday after the like TradFi markets closed. So that might be coming to a bit of a painful resolution. Remember, we were talking about a month ago that 
that had to be resolved. There's clearly a hole in the, yeah. in the balance sheet there. Um, remember, people haven't been people haven't been able to get their money out, out of Gemini Earn program, um, and that's because of digital, digital currency group, uh, or at least that's because of Genesis, which is one of their market making uh, companies. And now it looks like maybe he's having to liquidate a ton of different assets to try and make up the shortfall. Um, so that that's something I'm I'm painting paying attention to a lot because we could see in the next couple of weeks a headline there around the fact that the digital currency group is either winding down some of its operations or could be could be worse who knows um and so i'm reading through the news so binance will make a good faith deposit of 10 million dollars to reimburse and will reimburse uh voyager for certain expenses up to 15 mil voyager will also seek the approval of the bankruptcy court at the hearing on jan 5th 2023 um, that token of VGX, this has Skyrock at 32% after they won the bid. Um, what does this mean for the users? There's one and a half billion, million, million, sorry, million users. Um, 1.7 million users on the platform. So I guess this is good news, uh, for the users. Um, obviously these things take time. Do you guys know the process once you win that second bid? Are you guys familiar with what happens next? I, I haven't looked into how they... Yeah. They're, they're buying the assets, right? Yeah, so I'm trying to find it as well. My um, my, my guess is that this is, this is like their, their like crypto portfolio, or at least maybe even their claims. Um, I don't know what that would mean for the users. Like maybe, maybe it makes them whole, but I also <laughs> don't know about that. Dude, like, they had 5.8 billion worth of assets at the end of 2021, bro. So, so in a bankruptcy... <laughs> Proceeding, the customer deposits are often last in crypto. Yeah, and like they have very low prop, like they have very low um, uh, seniority goes. for a claim. So I, I just have no, I just have no idea. It's already in bankruptcy. Like maybe Binance is buying them out of bankruptcy and it's going to make hold those depositors. Mm-hmm. Like we've spoken about this with FTX before, right? Like when companies get bought out of a bankruptcy you need to have them as a going concern. Like they need to have some idea that they're going to, going to have continuing operations. It's very unlikely that people would put their money into Voyager if, um, if it, it keeps that name, at least if, you know, all the bodies get, get a zero, like that business probably just, just dies. It's not like you're buying, I don't know, a, a factory, which can, it's just mismanaged. This, this like people will lose their trust in in that as a financial institution. So I, I don't, I don't know what this means. Maybe he will make them whole. Um, but he could also just not, I mean, just walk away with the assets. You just never know. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess we'll see on that front too. It's, I guess at least it's good news, right? This is good news. Unless Binance goes down. <laughs> it's good <Binance>, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope we don't end up with something called the Voyager's curse, and then the next up we'll come and try and buy them out. Uh, but uh, but definitely, uh, sorry y'all. I'm I'm trying to read more. There's no news on the customer side. I've I, I've skimmed through maybe three or four different news sources here at this stage, whether crypto native or not, to be to get the so it information. Looks like it's buying that assets. It doesn't. It's look buying like it's the buying, assets. It's not buying yeah. Voyager. Yeah, exactly. So, so it'll be probably buying its assets on a discount. So that's not good for customers. That, that well, actually, it really depends then. So like, what they do with that money? 
Yeah, exactly. So it's bought out yeah. assets. It still has all the liabilities. So now we have to work out like, so how many of those assets get to making liabilities whole and who has who has seniority in, in that process? I have no idea, but I suspect that Voyager probably has a number of other loans uh, in its business. And depositors won't do well, generally, it looks like, in, in bankruptcy proceedings. Bro, they're owed 650 mil by 3AC. This is so well, crazy, yeah, that's bro. That's a zero, right? That's a zero. Um, 10 mil good faith deposit, 50 mil of this. Um, Voyager filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection on July 5th after liquidity crunch caused by 3AC defaulting 650 million loan amidst the contagion of the collapse of Luna Terra coins early this spring. Voyager has previously negotiated the sale of its assets to FTX for $1.4 billion. That was the deal. FTX US was supposed to buy their assets for $1.4 billion. September 20. It's crazy how this space turned, guys. On September 26th, you have BF out there confident that he's doing good. They can buy out Voyager's assets, offers them $1.4 billion. Just like that. And that's when I th- that was one of the triggers where people were like, wait, how does this guy get all his money? If I'm not mistaken, like that was one of the points where people are like, "Wait, like this, like there's something up here." Uh, and uh, obviously, that 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 deal uh, fell through. I mean, facts. I brought you up. I thought you raised your hand during this specific segment. Did you want? Did you want to add anything? Yeah, I actually have comments on a variety of things you guys were talking about. On this, I think it it helps solidify the the case that Binance is not in a bad financial position. You know, like this news on Binance, it kind of like stews FUD, you know, like CZ was talking about how, you know, we have, everyone should do proof of funds and every exchange should do a Merkle tree. And he was so confident that, you know, he, he was like leading the way on how to protect user funds. And then suddenly all this FUD came out and I feel like that some of this FUD is just part of this like ongoing battle on Twitter uh, between these camps. And then also like CZ, you know, he did have that kind of like kill shot tweet with the we're going to liquidate FTT. Obviously, Sam and his people didn't take kindly to that. And like this is kind of just like an ongoing battle a little bit with the with the FUD. And now as like an additional piece of collateral damage, he gets to kind of swoop in and pick up this asset. And so like, I think this is just more bullish for, for Binance and just demonstrating that they're going to lead the way from here on out. Um, as to the specifics of like next steps, I don't have a lot to add, but I, I did want to add like on the Mutant Hounds thing, um, disclosure, you know, I do have three callers but i was just gonna say that like the mint went really smoothly and like you guys we've seen a lot of mints go sideways and go south and all this planning gets you know kind of derailed with people like you know exploiting the contract and different things one it went really smooth and the other thing is it never made it to public mint and the reason that it didn't make it to public mint is on the last day lior added other deed holders as people who could participate in the pre-sale and that was unexpected and like i was like thinking man like lior's got tricks up his sleeve you know because like this thing was already right like i missed out big then damn i could have minted like at this stage like seven or eight of those bad boys damn yeah that's so much for not being on 
that's why it, it minted out like that because that day was supposed to be for dogs. And then like he came later in the day and said, okay, if you missed your mint window for any of nice. the assets or you hold the other deed, you can mint out. So I went, I hopped on the token tracker and I was like, Oh, wait a second. Let me see this. Cause think about how many other deed holders, That's smart. Are, right? Super smart. Right. So I thought that was kind of sharp that he did that. Cause think about what it did to the demand and the hype and never even made it public mint. Minting out a clean 10,000 K mint in pre-sale is pretty G. And then you look at the distribution. Uh, it's pretty wide. Last time I checked, it was like 3,750 for a 10 K collection. That's pretty notable. So I'm not going to keep shilling it, but I just wanted to tip my hat to Lior on a clean mint, you know? Yeah. Um, you love a nice, clean, you know, fair lawn. So you absolutely love to see it. Dido. Yeah, I just wanted to say on the topic of Binance and, yep. you know, the, its potential insolvency, I really encourage people to read a Medium article that Austin Campbell released about a week ago. Um, Austin's the head of portfolio management at Paxos. And, you know, stablecoins aren't going anywhere, like even though Luna and shit collapsed. If anything, 2023 is going to be the year of the stablecoin because there's a gap that needs to be filled now. And so a lot of traditional players are going to come in and try to do that. But what that article essentially says is that the FUD that you were hearing about Binance, especially when it peaked about a week ago when they paused USDC withdrawals, it actually has a lot to do with just timing. So if you think about it, even if you know Binance's stablecoin, BUSD, was backed one for one with treasury bills, which most people would believe that you know are some of the most liquid, reliable assets in the world, if you try to attack and dump Binance's stablecoin on the weekend when the traditional markets aren't open and they can't actually convert their T-bills into liquidity to pay out withdrawals, then they're kind of fucked. And so that's exactly what somebody tried to di like tried to do to the tune of between eight to ten billion dollars. Essentially, attempt to unpeg Binance USD over the weekend and take advantage of that timing issue. So you know, do your own research and and obviously be wary of keeping your funds on centralized exchanges. But I, I personally think that's that the nuts. fund on finance is a, a little overblown. That's nuts. So somebody. Somebody. That's why that FUD happened just just as market closed on Friday. That does make sense because last week, the week before, they'd said they had issue. They'd actually publicly said, you know, the reason why you can't get out your uh, USDC over the weekend is because of um, is because of the fact that the banks are closed. So they, you think that 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 timing was completely related to trying to cause like a coordinated FUD around around Binance. Huh. Yeah, him. for sure. Like, read that. I've I've read that article where can we that see Austin it? wrote like can you two or three times. Where where again? Just yeah, I'll I'll post it. Mike Dudas shared it. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah, if you could uh, share it or even you can just pin it because the re replay. We have some people listen outside of the platform. We can lead them the right way or I'll post them. Uh, that'll be good. And last last topic today. Last topic today. Elon Musk. Should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. Came in after quite a rowdy wicked weekend of policy changes uh, that was, you know, prefaced by a whole week of uh, removing journalists from the platform uh, uh, that he deemed were doxing his live location, uh, which he had made has made a strong stance again, which came, you know, right after like someone literally followed his son, uh, which I could understand that. Like, probably puts you in a weird position uh, and it's very uncomfortable and not right. So 
should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by Liverpool. Yes, 57%. The poll's final. I guess he didn't make it 24 hours. It was like 12 hours or something, maybe a little more. But it was definitely not a whole day poll, uh, which, which is weird. Um, uh, 57% of, the, of 17 million people voted for yes as him stepped down. So he actually removed Chief Tweet uh, immediately after that. Uh, from his uh, from uh, from his Twitter bio, and uh, and right before that, he had tweeted, "Going forward, there will be a vote for major policy changes. My apologies won't happen again." So it seems like he was like, it seems like he was um, he was uh, taken aback from this Twitter policy change that came over the weekend that I I personally found extremely weird. Now I understand you want to promote competition too much on a platform, but it just seemed like it was it was very harsh one. Where uh, let me try and find it again because I do want to. Pin that at the top, and uh, and and read it for the people that are that are listening in. But that did happen over the weekend, which was uh here. You're gonna see in a few seconds. But uh, there was a violation of policy um, at both the tweet level and the account level. We will remove any free promotion of prohibited third-party social media platforms, such as linking out, i.e., uh, using URLs to any of the below platforms on Twitter or providing your handle without a URL. So prohibited platforms: Facebook, Instagram, Mastodon, Truth Social, Treble, Post, and Noster. Uh, third-party social media link aggregators such as Linktree um, and, and et cetera. So example, follow me at username on Instagram, username at Mass on social. So after which Paul Graham tweeted after that, uh, that was against it uh, and immediately got deleted from the platform. He has since been reinstated. Um, so that was, it was just, I guess, the harshness and the weird. I mean, he did buy Twitter, so he kind of, and it is private after all, so you do get to do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> uh, because he does own it. He paid the ticket for it. But uh, at the end of the day, like it was kind of weird uh, the policy for, for, for someone like Elon to come out uh, outright like that. And it seems like he... Uh, what I like about Elon personally is that I know some people say, oh, Elon this, Elon that. But he seems like he can actually adapt and change pretty fast. And it seems like when he said, I'm sorry, and I should have put that poll out for that policy, I do agree he should have. Uh, but it seems like he even pivoted by posting if he should be at the head or not so we'll see what happens i mean ovi mando we've been following this pretty closely he, he came up i mean shit what do you think like do, do you agree with the policy like that that you're not allowed to link out i removed linktree from with jc from rock radio for myself we were using linktree to link out to our show and other platforms because twitter doesn't have a good platform for now like if twitter had everything i'd be like okay fuck it if it's like our own wechat like there's everything like they have over there but it's kind of not you know mm-hmm. I don't know. It's weird. I still have Linktree in my not my uh, portfolio. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Like, I feel as though, didn't they say it was only persistent people who did it? So, yeah, he didn't really, like, he said it was, like, if it's aggressive. Like, if your Twitter account is strictly used to promote another app, but do you even want to take the risk after that? I'm like, ah, I don't know. If it's in your bio, does that is that deemed aggressive or extreme? Like, what is aggressive or extreme? It seems a bit much, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, dude. Ovi, what do you think? I, Can't even share your art. I, it's weird. Yeah, I think it's aggressive. It's, it's like it's a little bit like anti-competitive and not really in the spirit of definitely not in the spirit of Web three and not in the spirit of being able to like do the things we want. So it was a bit weird. I think he's he's got the appropriate slack for it, and I don't really know what's going on now. Um, yeah, not really what we want to see. Yeah, I think there'll be some changes for sure. I'm still bullish on on this Twitter uh, and on what's coming next. I wouldn't be surprised to see like a whole bunch. Like, if you're gonna remove like Instagram, thus like a lot of the video stuff, 
it's probably because you plan on integrating here. If you're going to remove link trees to like other social platforms or audio platforms, and maybe you're going to have a better audio app, but it takes it takes a long time to 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 build these things out. So I don't know. I found it really weird uh, from someone perspective, someone who's been using social platforms forever. Um, I mean, Lex Friedman stepped up. <laughs> And uh, hold on. What did he say? I'm trying to find his reply to Elon. He said, uh, wow. Um, he, hold on. There it is. I found it. So Lex Friedman, he said, fun suggestion, Elon. Let me run Twitter for a bit. No salary. All in. Focus on great engineering and increasing the amount of love in the world. Just offering my help in the unlikely case it is useful. To which Elon answered, you must like pain a lot. One catch. You have to invest your life savings in Twitter and it has and and it has been in the fast lane to bankruptcy since May. Still want the job? And he says, yes, um, we'll turn it around. This is crazy. I mean, that would be insane. insane. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think it's increasingly a difficult spot for to be, I don't know, <laughs> of Twitter. Like, it's very, very clear that while the last um, management team aired on the side of over-censorship, I would say, and that's come out in various different ways, the idea of aggressive, let's say, or under-censorship or no-censorship, I think is, is um, or at least selective censorship, is also really, really tough, like morally. So it, I, wouldn't, I, I do not envy... Um, being being in no. charge of centering Twitter by any means, and there's been a lot of like Elon. If you put this in perspective, right, Tesla stock has gone absolutely hammered. Elon Elon Musk is no longer the, yeah. the world is now uh, Bernard Arnault who runs the LVMH group, um, and there's a lot, a lot of questions about Twitter's taken up all of Elon's time. Yeah, Twitter investors are pissed. Um, and so, and as are probably a number of his other ventures, right? He's not, he has a bit of a conglomerate going here. Um, so maybe he shouldn't be the CEO of Twitter. Yeah. Like. That doesn't mean he's not the one taking the, making decisions as chairman and president. I think people are forgetting that. Like he still owns the app. It's just putting someone to operate it. <laughs> right. Now that being said, he did just do a massive bond deal on the back of buying Twitter. So I don't know. Often in bond docs, if you... What does that mean? That, you want to explain a little bit? So he didn't buy Twitter with his own money. He bought Twitter with um, other people's money, <laughs> to put it lightly. That's the way it goes. Uh, he did a big... <laughs> he did a, a very, very big um, bond financing, similar to like a loan but it's syndicated out to a number of different investors, that means. Um, and that made up the vast majority of the purchase price of Twitter. Okay. So, um, and normally when you do something like that, uh, there are often like, um, there's a fancy word for it, but, but yeah, there are often things in the contract between you and the bondholder mm -hmm. that would, that would, restrict you know you changing the ceo straight away or like um you making massive changes to management very early on so i don't know what's in the bond docs like maybe he is allowed to just you know immediately step away from being ceo but that would be pretty bad form i would say for most most bond deals i mean when you say ob that that, that would people would be very very annoyed <laughs>
Yeah, people will be, I mean, people will be pissed. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I guess we'll see what happens next. I mean, the poll ended this morning. I don't think Elon's tweeted today yet. Um, so, nope, he has not. Let me see if he, any replies from him anywhere, but seems like there's nothing going on on that front. Let's see. Nope, no tweet since 14 hours ago. Um, so, it's uh, shit. I guess, uh, I mean, his last tweet, one of his last tweets yesterday was, you know, those who want power are the ones who least deserve it. Damn. So, he also kind of told us to be careful what we wish for. <laughs> I mean, no, not kind of. He literally tweeted 17 hours ago after the vote. As the saying goes, be careful what you wish for as you get it. it so, it sounds like... <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a little bit threatening. Um... Dude. I don't know. I don't think Lex, <laughs> to be clear, I don't think Lex Friedman should be the CEO of Twitter. Like, he should just do his own thing. <laughs> I don't think anyone you really want that many people as that job. Um, it's 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 tough, tough one. I don't think it's an easy one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess um, we'll see what happens then. Anyways, we got quite a... Oh, here, the vote ended. Uh, 55%... The people who listen to the show are bearish on the year end. Great. That's to know. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry, Ovi. We know you got to jump. We know you got to call at noon uh, every day with Magic Eden at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm just kidding. By the way, Ovi's piece, when does it end? $55,000. Uh, ends on Wednesday. Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Wednesday. And it's at 55K, which is what? 45 Five ETH in this market, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Divided by twelve hundred, let's say twelve hundred ETH. That is forty-five. Yeah, forty-five point eighty-three ETH right now. Which for Carn, it's called Carnaby Street. Yeah, 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 Carnaby Street on Sotheby's Verse. Uh, I'm looking at it. I mean, the estimate was fifty-five to seventy-five. So at least you hit that. Uh, and <laughs> Sotheby's. Yeah, Right, so the bees estimates on on point right here. So excited! So I guess you'll be on in two minutes, uh, on uh, on that on that show um, and whatever spaces they're hosting, uh, which is cool. Uh, and then another front, we do have quite the show uh, coming Wednesday. We have special guests. We're gonna unveil that tomorrow, and then uh, Thursday as well. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, we have two pretty big guests. So it's gonna be a big week for the show uh, coming on. Um. Uh. This week. Uh, and Monday. What's my? Mo- oh, and Monday. And the next Monday. Yeah. 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 Sorry, I was doing this week. But yes, great week to to close out. Uh, last week before Christmas. Then we have Christmas, and then another banger week, and and then we fucking crush twenty twenty three. How about that? You know, sounds like a sounds like a plan to me. You did you did you did you get to Crable yet, Mando? No. Even in, in your place in the UK, they have not received it. I mean, no one's in the UK right now. No one's in. The, no one's there to pick it up. As I said, like I, I've missed the boat. I'm not gonna be able to pick it up until like second week of December. Now you don't have anyone that can go and ship second it to you. January. Well, it was delivered to my apartment, and uh, my in-laws are not in the UK either. Well, that's great. We're gonna have to call Cowley. Uh, okay. <laughs> he's, not even, he's not even in London. NFT goat. If you're listening. And OSF claims that he's like he loves London and then just 
flies out every single year for the, the three months, four months over winter. So, literally for the most beautiful part, right? Like Christmas in London is special. Um, it's rare. so it is. It is special. It was special to be in the middle of the snow this this past weekend uh, in this period. But anyways, y'all, that wraps up another great episode of Gem Web Three on Rug Radio. We'll see y'all tomorrow morning. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time for another episode of Jim Web 3 on Rock Radio. Let's go. And it's a beautiful day to have a beautiful day. GM, GM. On this beautiful day. Good morning to Web 3 with Barocco, Sepp, and Mando. Tune in live at 10.30. And it's all on Rug Radio. It's a beautiful day. Have a beautiful day. GMGM. Rug Radio.